2011, Nick and Dan were handmaking the first pairs of bedrock sandals for themselves and friends while working river restoration jobs in Northern California. Fast forward to today and Bedrock Sandals, now based in Missoula, Montana, is the elite hiking sandal company. From their award-winning uber durable cairn to the minimalist classic sandal, Bedrock has the perfect trekking sandal for you. Used by day hikers and through hikers alike, Bedrock Sandals are comfortable, lightweight, allow for maximum breathability, obviously, and feature a Spider-Man-like caliber grip. The team at Bedrock Sandals has spent years sourcing the best materials in the world so you can spend maximum time enjoying the outdoors. Their durable designs are resolable and repairable, letting you tread further with a cleaner footprint. Bedrock's products are proudly plastic-free using 100% recycled cardboard and printed with algae ink. Listen to your body. If you start to hurt, sit down and take breaks. Maybe reduce your mileage. Maybe reduce it by a lot. Maybe start taking more days off or try stretching. What I have done is take the uh, kind of walk it off approach, which is most likely why I'm now taking a zero. Welcome back to Trail Correspondence presented by The Trek, brought to you by Bedrock Sandals. I am your host, Zach Badger Davis. Obvious Statement of the Year Award, walking the length of the country will do a number on one's body. Just how severe is this impact? Well, that's what our trekkers will share with us today. In addition to the physical adjustment, our hikers will detail exactly how they manage their pain and what advice they would offer to those who are looking to prepare for a long distance backpacking trip of their own. Okay, less of me and more of them. Here they are. Hey guys, it's Trash Panda coming at you from mile 955 somewhere in PA. Uh, this is Lenape land, also called Lenape Hoking. Um, and today I'm going to talk about the physical adjustment just a little bit. So the first thing that I have to answer is how is my body holding up? I think that mine held up pretty well until we got into like lower Vermont, Massachusetts, and then my knees started hurting and you know, my feet hurt the whole time, but like that's, that's gonna happen. So like my knees hurt and I don't do much about it because I'm stubborn. If it gets bad, I might take an ibuprofen, but I, for the most part, like didn't take them for most of the, the whites. I know some people like live or die by it, but I only take it when it gets bad. I don't know if that's good or bad. That's just how I roll. Also, my upper back is starting to hurt a lot. I'm going home in a few days, like just for a few days because I get to graduate and that's exciting. But I think I might go to the chiropractor while I'm there because that hurts like real bad. And I do take ibuprofen um, at least once a day for that. And I try to stretch uh, when I remember it. I did have issues in the beginning with my um, my calves being super tight and then having to like hike up the whites um, and all of those giant things. Um, and my, my aunt is a physical therapist and she gave me some stretches to do. I also found that getting new shoes helped a lot. For whatever reason, my ultras like really made my calves hurt more. I don't, I don't know what that was about, but I haven't had any notable injuries. I've just had those kinds of issues to work around. If I was giving someone a recommendation, I'd tell them just make sure that they know what they're going to be doing right off the bat. Um, so if they're going southbound, they will be climbing up um, a lot of really tall mountains um, real quickly <laughs> and make sure that they're ready for that physically and they know that their gear is going to get them there with the most amount of comfort that they can get. But yeah, um, that's, that's pretty much it as far as physical things go. All right, have a good one, guys. Bye. Hey, this is M8, hiking southbound on the PCT. Just as a way of reminder, 
started in Northern California, worked our way down from Costella down to Echo Lakes. At that point in Northern California, we were hiking probably an average of 15 miles per day, depending on where the water sources were or good camping was. Sometimes maybe it was only 12, but other times it was 17 to 20. So in that Northern California section, our first section of the Pacific Crest Trail, we encountered a lot of blisters and had to take care of those. We kept them very clean. We lanced them in the evenings and let them drain, keeping the thread through the blister and letting them drain. I know that's a little controversial, but we cleaned our feet and did that at night and then, um, you know, bandaged them up during the day. We also did a lot of foot soaking and whatever water, cool, nice, cool water sources we had to try to combat that. Um, not only that, it was just really hot. And I think one of the best things that we found to do, or I did anyway, was to take off my sun shirt, dip it into the nice cool rivers, and then put it on and start hiking. That brought the core body temperature way down and just helped immensely. I highly recommend trying that if you find yourself near a river on a hot day. So at the end of June, then we were picked up and we flipped up to Hearts Pass in Washington, where we hiked up and tagged the border and continued down. In Washington, in this first northern Washington part, all the way down from Hearts Pass to Stahican, we were hiking approximately 15 to 17 miles a day, again, depending on water sources, camping, um, that kind of thing. I would have to say that that northern part of Washington proved to be, in my words, very wild and untamed. And I'm not sure if that had to do with last year, the trail being closed, so not many people were on that trail or why that was, but the there was just a lot of bushwhacking, really high bushes at times, and also a lot of deadfall, a lot. A lot more than I ever expected. High, big trees and for, you know, 25 feet of dead trees where it was just, it was, it was fun in a way if we weren't in a hurry. It was challenging and took some thinking about how to get around some of this covered up trail. But to give you an example of some of the challenging experiences, I would like to read you my journal entry on postholer.com for July 13. Here it is. Coming around the hillside, we were greeted with the most spectacular sight. There was Glacier Peak looming right in front of us. Snowmelt running down the sides gained strength as they flowed, creating rushing creeks to the valleys below, where they would soon be raging rivers. We traipsed right through these waterways to rejoin the trail on its other side. A long snow field also covered our trail, so across those, we carefully stepped. We all carried microspikes, but no one found them necessary. The walk was most beautiful and not especially challenging inclines or declines. After a bit of this amazing reward of seeing Glacier Peak, we experienced on our 10-mile upward march, we climbed a bit more before our decline. Being very excited about the decline, I'd say, was a little bit premature. The decline was steep with many switchbacks through extremely overgrown brush. So much so that seeing the trail in front of you was next to impossible. At one point, I turned to see Be Positive, my daughter, had slipped off the edge of the trail. We calmed ourselves down, assessed the situation, and we were able to get her safely up again unharmed. The trail was so narrow at parts and being unable to see the trail, tripping and falling was easy to do. In fact, I twisted my ankle on a rock on the upside of the trail, which pivoted my body the opposite direction, head first down the hill. Fortunately, the growth was so thick it caught me. And once again, we were able to get myself safely back on the trail we assessed my ankle and we could see that I, I could walk. It hurt some, but we continued on. 
this happened one more time to myself when my downhill foot this time missed a trail altogether and my left knee slammed down hard on the trail. I got up and we continued on. This happened also to Snow Cone, my younger daughter and youngest daughter, and also to another hiker friend who tripped on the trail, not being able to see the rocks underneath our feet. This was proving to be a very dangerous and not very part, fun part of the trail. Miles of this torture ensued as we worked our way down the mountain to Milk Creek, which had a bridge to take us safely to the other side and up the trail 0.1 mile to our campsite. And then I go on and finish up the journal entry there. But the next day we just continued walking. My ankle was okay. Um, not great, but we continued walking for four more days into Stihekin. But let me tell you, that walk down into Stihekin was excruciating pain for me. When we got to Stihekin, I called my husband and he said, you've got to get off trail. So he drove all the way up to Washington and picked up myself and my younger daughter, Snow Cone. So here I am at home in Central California, been to the doctor several times, and apparently I tore a major muscle that goes from your thigh down to your um, calf, basically. And so I just keep going back each week and hoping that it heals quick. It's been a very slow process, however, and I'm doing all that I can to expedite that. But I do hope to be back on trail by the end of August. Fortunately, I've already hiked Oregon, all of Oregon and Northern California. So I'm going to hop on. The plan is at least at this point back on at Echo Lake Summit and start or continue southbound at that point, meeting up with hopefully Be Positive, who's still on trail, and with my daughter, Snowcomb. So that is my story of how the trails treated me thus far. And my body has taken its time to heal up this torn muscle is not has not been fun but i hope to have more for you from the trails in a few weeks from echo summit so that's all i have for now this is m8 from home healing up and i'll talk to you soon Hi everyone, Moss here. I am recording back home in Massachusetts and um, I'm sure you've probably heard this by now, but pretty much all of the PCTers have gotten off trail due to the Forest Service closing all the national forests. So we had just gotten into the Sierra Nevada range. Uh, we were in, we basically got off at Red's Meadow, which is where Mammoth Lakes are. So. Uh, we had gotten out of Yosemite and uh, we were, not, to be honest, we were rebels for about 20 miles. We already knew we were supposed to get off, but we wanted to try to get a little bit farther. So we did do that. Um, I'll talk about it a little bit more in a future episode, uh, what it's like to get off trail. But obviously we were really devastated. Like we were really enjoying the trail. Um, we had already come to terms with the fact that we were skipping NorCal and so then basically to have done I think we did some math and we've done pretty much like 160 miles of California out of what 1500 miles so um, a very low amount so we have to all come back and do California again um, but yeah it was just really hard because I feel like we were out there and then uh, I got the news and then I was basically home like three days later so I feel like there wasn't as much of a um, like time to prepare and mourn whereas like if you know if we were getting close to the border of Mexico it's like okay I know I'm gonna be going home in a week like let, let me mentally prepare I feel like there was like no mental preparation um so yeah but i'll talk about that more in a later episode um but yeah we're supposed to be talking about the physical 
aspects of the trail. Uh, so before I left, my body was holding up really well. Um, we did go from Oregon basically right into the Sierra. Uh, so that was kind of a bit of an ass kicker, literally just because like it took us like six days to get around NorCal. So I feel like we hadn't been hiking. Uh, Oregon's, I wouldn't say it's flat, but it's not, you know, super high elevation change and things like that. And we started with like a 10,000 foot mountain, climbed up higher, uh, and I had my bear can and like too much food. Um, so that was really hard, like going from Oregon to this era, but like overall, um, I feel like uh, my body's been pretty strong. We don't really do crazy miles. Um, I know like, I feel like, I don't know if this is like a PCT thing, um, or like maybe it's just easier or maybe I'm just like actually geriatric and so I can't do it. But I feel like we keep hearing about these people that are pulling like 30s every day and like, I don't know, doing, yeah, like just like big mileage. And uh, we were pretty much staying around the 20 to 25 mile range on most days. And then we would like Nero in and out of town. Um, so like in Oregon, we were kind of, I felt like we were being bros. We were doing like 150 miles a week. Um, but usually that's not as fast as we go. Maybe like, I don't know, 120 miles a week or so. Um, so I feel like that definitely helped with our pain management is just like not trying to push our bodies all the time, especially once we knew we were going around Oregon, it felt, or sorry, going around NorCal. Um, it felt like we didn't have like that much of a time pressure because we were already in the Sierras really early um, and we didn't want to hit the desert too early. But obviously that doesn't matter anymore. Um, but yeah, so I, things to minimize the pain. I did send some things home just to like reduce my pack weight. We kept our miles kind of lowish and um I try to not take ibuprofen too often. Um, so I, I want to like listen to my body. And I actually changed my shoes because um, I feel like I need more like cushion on the bottom just because I, I get really sensitive feet on the trail. And like, I feel like I can feel every single rock. Um, I think the shoes that I bought were not perfect, but that's something that I'm working on in regards to like pain management. Um, and yeah, luckily I didn't have any injuries while I was on the trail. Um, I think I got like a little bit of a feeling of shin splints at one point and like my new shoes were kind of making my Achilles feel something. But again, I don't know if it was just because of the new shoes or if it was, um, going to like really high elevation days, um, through this era. So I guess these are all things that uh, I will test out in my next through hike. So advice I would give to anyone that's going out to through hike and wants to make sure that they're physically fit enough. My advice would just be like hike with your pack and hike a lot with your pack. Um, try to get your pack heavier than what it'll be on the trail, ideally. And like, if you can try to do some a couple like 10 mile days every week and do some like lighter hikes throughout the week just because I feel like the only way to like get your joints and your body ready for what's to come is to just hike um yeah so that would be my advice I mean I guess you can go to the gym and whatnot but I feel like the best medicine is just hiking and that'll hopefully get you ready so uh what am I gonna do with myself now that I'm home it's a good question. I am hoping to do some long weekend trips, maybe go down to Florida and like visit some friends. I have a lot of friends on the, on the East Coast, um, so I might do like a little visit with them. And yeah, I'm going to start working on my art business and getting that started up. I was really hoping I would have two more months of trail to like think about things and plan things. Um, but I'm here now, so I know a lot of people were going to hop on some other trails. Um, I didn't really want to do that. I feel like for me, I just was really just thinking about the PCT and I didn't really feel like any trail could like kind of fill that, that, uh, hole. 
per se. And also I like, I don't know, I wasn't mentally prepared to like hop on the Colorado trail or anything else. So I decided to kind of save my money, come back home and uh, I'll do some little micro adventures and whatnot in New England because there's so many good mountains out here. Maybe I'll hop on the AT for a bit. And um, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for you guys. Um, this is Moss signing off. Hey guys, this is Ibex coming at you from the Holy Cross Wilderness in Colorado. Colorado? That's not the PCT. Yeah, so you've probably heard by now, and I won't go into the details this time around anyway, but all the national forests in California are closed due to fire-related things, and basically our PCT Sobo hikes are over. What a year to try to go Sobo. Um, but I figured I could still comment on a few more of these episodes in regards to my th- 1,100-ish miles that I did complete on the PCT. And also, I plan on continuing hiking for a bit. Um, I'm out here hiking in Colorado right now, and I have maybe something else planned for October. We shall see. Um, So yeah, physical adjustment. So um, I feel like my physical adjustment on trail, it's kind of been similar to the AT in that some of the hardest stuff that we hiked was right in the beginning. Like when I hiked the AT Nobo, the beginning is in Georgia and like, it's really hard and it's also freezing cold. So I wasn't sleeping in the nights at all. You were just kind of like surviving through the nights, but somehow I didn't feel tired in the days. I had this like beginner's adrenaline going that got me through all those tough mountains in Georgia in the beginning. And it's kind of was the same for this where we had all the snow to deal with in the beginning and then we had like crazy blowdowns to be climbing over and it was seriously some of the hardest hiking I've ever done but like I was able to get through it and make the miles and just do it because I was so excited and just happy to be out there and had that adrenaline um so yeah we made it through that and then I feel like kind of we hit our stride and hit our prime as far as like just really having our trail legs and being in shape during kind of southern Washington into northern Oregon so the trail definitely chills out a bit there's not as much elevation gain and um yeah it's just pretty nice and cruisy and we were averaging between like I don't know 25 to 28 miles a day and making like 150 miles a week, which was really good progress for us in that section anyway. But then like a couple of things happened that sort of threw everything out of whack, which was we went through some really like long dry patches in Oregon where you're carrying water and it was also really hot at those times as well. And then we hit like some seriously smoky areas, obviously all these wildfires um, and hiking all day long in thick smoke not good for you physically who would have thought um so yeah that was really hard I became super lethargic I it was a shame because it was a really easy section of Oregon like it was very chill trail but I was like I cannot do this like every cell in my body just wanted to slow down and sleep um so that was tricky and then after that we were kind of consistently there was like a few more clear days where I feel felt great and was doing good miles again but then we were kind of consistently in some sort of smokiness not as bad as at first but still pretty you know enough to affect you and that kind of went through to the end of Oregon beginning of California and then obviously we had to do those fire skips and the little bit of northern California we did in between some of the closures was pretty smoky Um, and then we just went from there to basically road tripping and being off trail for a few days, getting down to the Sierra and boy, was that a physical adjustment. I felt like I haven't been able to like work my way up to this, you know, and all of a sudden we get back on trail, which like for me, a zero is nice to rest, but like multiple zeros, when I get back out on trail, I feel like I'm starting over again. So we'd had like multiple zeros with this road trip, getting around the fire closures. We get into the Sierra, we have the heaviest packs we've ever had because of our bear cans and all of a sudden there's actual steep trail for once and there's also the elevation like we're used to maybe seven or eight thousand feet tops this is like nine ten eleven thousand feet right from the get-go in the sierra 
So that was like, whoa. Um, it was starting over again pretty much. And the first couple of days were really difficult, especially on the uphills. Like my usual strategy for uphill is I'm like, I'm just going to beast through it. I'm like, keep going and not stop. And then I'll take a break at the top. And like, that was not possible in the Sierra in the beginning. I was like huffing and puffing so hard. I had to take a break every five minutes. The first couple of days, I felt like I was going to throw up on the uphills. I didn't, but I felt like I was going to. Uh, had some headaches a little bit, but then by like the third day and the fourth day onwards, oh man, I felt great. It was like so perfect there. The weather was perfect. It wasn't too hot. It was clear. We were finally out of the smoke. So once we got used to the elevation, we were feeling really good. And then we had to get off trail. (laughs) So yeah, basically, I don't know. I felt like I was starting to hit my stride really well in the Sierra. I felt like I was doing good physically. I haven't had any injuries. Um, This trail is a lot easier than the Appalachian Trail, where after about the first 500 miles, I started like losing sensation in my feet. And after the first three days, I started feeling awful pain in my knees and that progressed throughout the entire trail to the point where like I couldn't pop a squat to pee anymore on the AT. I had to like find a tree to hold onto and lean back because like my knees didn't work. Um, and yeah, my feet were like all tingly and weird. One of my, like my left foot totally didn't have sensation in the whole middle of it until three or four months after I got off trail. Um, none of that happened on the PCT. Like it is way gentler on the body and I very much appreciated that. Um, I have had no knee pain whatsoever. I've had no like foot issues. Like my feet will be a little sore by the end of a long day, but by the next morning they're totally recovered. Um, so that was great. The one thing I did notice that I had happened was, um, just like a weird deep ache in my calves, thighs, and like inside of my hips at the end of a day that was anything over 20 miles, it would kind of start up and feel really just annoying. And like, I couldn't stretch it out for some reason, but I'd still usually recover overnight. Um, but I think for sure stretching helps with everything. That's what I would recommend to anyone. Just like any break you're taking or in the morning at camp, in the evening at camp, just stretch. Like you don't have to do a full yoga routine or anything like that, but just stretch everything out. Um, it makes a big difference. And then I would like to get one of those little cork rollyball things. We met this group of nobos in Washington and one of this one girl, she had that and would literally, like the whole time they were sitting around making dinner and eating dinner, she was like rubbing her thighs, rubbing her calves, like really getting in deep with it. And she said it made like all the difference for her. So I feel like I want to get one of those. I was looking for them in the last couple outfitters we were in and they didn't have it. So I think I'm going to have to order that online. Um, I tried using a tennis ball but it was like a little too softy and not targeted enough. But yeah, that was really the only thing that was bugging me ever. So um, I guess that's it for now. And yeah, I'll talk to you guys next time from wherever I'm at that's not the PCT. Uh, Thanks for listening. Bye. What's up, the Trek? My name is Cal, trail name Starburst, pronouns they, them. And my name is Sean, trail name Marathon, pronouns are he, him. And we are here on episode eight of the Trail Correspondence Podcast, talking about the physical adjustment of being on trail. We actually want to talk about two things in this regard that are intrinsically linked, which is listening to your internal environment Mm -hmm and listening to your external environment and how these things relate to uh, the physical adjustment of being on trail and just our physical presence of being on trail. So in terms of listening to your internal environment, Marathon and I have a fair amount of experience hiking, backpacking, Mm -hmm. through hiking. And what we have seen uh, more than anything is that it's less about Uh, you know, all of these activities are less about physical ability and a lot more about mental framework around the activity, uh, mentality around physical discomfort, potentially pain. And I think that that is something that has made the quote unquote outdoor community, you know, just of broad, broadly all outdoor sports feel so unwelcoming and inaccessible to the vast majority of people. And in 
intimidating, which was my experience. I did not get into the quote unquote outdoor community until basically three years ago because I was intimidated because I thought that participation was contingent on physical ability. And we know that's just not true. Right. It's really, you know, anybody can get out and and do these things and, and explore these spaces and doesn't really matter where you're at, but your mental, mental framing and how you, how you approach the challenges, um, those physical challenges, that's really the most important aspect that we found. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you have a body, you can be, Mm -hmm. you are exist in the outdoors and something as specific and and niche as through hiking does have a lot of physical discomfort at times, physical pain involved, but it's not about, um, strength or ability. It's about responding to those obstacles. And yeah. And really listening to your body and Mm -hmm. how, how it's impacting you and listening to what your needs are. And especially on a long, um, trip like a like a through hike is that you you build up that tolerance you build up that strength uh, that mental strength to um really be able to tackle anything yeah it's kind of like a callus but then as a double-edged sword Mm -hmm. you have to really respond to those internal environmental factors instead of trying to uh overcome them by just like you know, trying to fight your way through. There is a very toxic mindset in both outdoor and athletic communities that we've seen be the Achilles heel of multiple through hikes and athletic careers, which is just um, ignoring your body. Trying to push through mm -hmm. and trying to just like, just suck it up and just, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a super toxic mindset and it relates to our second point about the physical adjustment, which is listening to your internal environment. And part two is listening to your external environment. Um, There's a lot of factors beyond your control in the outdoors. That's what makes it so exciting and exhilarating and beautiful is that you're kind of at the will of nature itself. Like we ourselves are part of nature. Everyone belongs here. Everyone is a part of the earth. Um, But listening to your external environment can, you know, in certain cases be life or death. And there's a really toxic mindset of this sort of like, you know, macho, patriarchal, almost like manifest destiny, sort of like conquering the land mindset in hiking and backpacking communities, which is extremely toxic because it positions, um, people out here as being superior to or more powerful than the land. And first of all, that's just stupid because mother nature can and will kill you. Um, it will always win, but it's also, um, part, you know, the physical element of being out here is acknowledging that we are one of trillions of organisms out here. We are not more important than anything else out here. And that defines how you treat the land in terms of leave no trace. Um, It defines how we treat other hikers with respect. And it defines um, whether we approach nature with humility and reverence and see not the land as belonging to us, but as we belong to the land and we have to respect it, take care of it, leave it better than we found it, be good stewards of nature. And then when, when she's trying to communicate, you know, that uh, it's going to be really fucking cold or there's going to be rain or something, storm or something, right. You're not fighting it. That is something in terms of physical adjustment that ends a lot of hikes or at least makes hikers really miserable is when you try to fight mother nature, you cannot fight her. If you listen to her, she will take care of you. Just like if you listen to your body, it will take care of you. You can avoid injury and it will just make your time out here a lot more enjoyable, a lot more special. And, and honestly, the way I see it is it more sacred. It's a privilege, um, to be able to be out here, but I don't, but I do feel that everyone would benefit from, um, connecting on a deeper level with both ourselves and each other and the natural environment around us that really makes us who we are. So 
if you're planning on being in the outdoors, I would ask yourself, you know, what are your intentions? Reflect a bit on how do you view your natural environment? How do you show respect and reverence and humility towards it? Um, you know, if you want to go climb a mountain, is it because you want to conquer it or is it because you love it? You know, you love the mountain and you want to spend time with it. So reframing um, our thoughts around that and uh, in terms of our relationship with our bodies, just being kind to ourselves and loving ourselves and, um, yeah, loving each other. Make sure you're listening. Yeah, I can can change the world. (laughs) Anyway, that's all from us. We'll talk to you next time. Howdy, this is Rooster on the CDT, and today I'm coming to you from smoky Leadville, Colorado, um, where we are going to be talking about the physical adjustments to life on the trail. Um, I have been out here for, I think, about 70 days now, and we're a little more than halfway through trail, and uh, with that, of course, my body's starting to feel uh some of the recoils of doing a long distance uh, hike like this Um, i've been having ankle problems since the at but they have been especially bad in the past few weeks uh, especially this past week i think that the start of these issues came from our uh actually our first week on trail uh back in glacier Our permits uh, were not really in our favor. We started out doing a 13.5 mile day, followed by a 27 mile day, followed by a 29 mile day. Then we did uh, 13 again and um, finished our time in Glacier with a 21 mile day. And we walked into this hike thinking that our permits were probably going to force us into uh, doing very short days for the beginning. And that's what we were prepared for. Um, so one piece of advice right off the bat for anyone looking to through hike the CDT in the future, go ahead and do advanced permits. Uh, there are some popular guides out there for this trail that say, uh, don't worry about planning a single thing in advance when it comes to uh, starting southbound, but that just, it's uh, a little out of date, really isn't true. Um, if you wanna do this, definitely make sure that you put yourself in a good situation right off the bat by uh, having some doable uh, warm up days. Of course, we were able to do those And I think a lot of people who are doing the CDT probably have a little experience and can also do those, but it is not gonna be good in the long run. Or maybe it will be, but it wasn't for me. Um, So my big problem right now is my left ankle. Sorry, there's a four-wheeler driving by. A lot of those here uh, here in the Rocky Mountains. Four-wheeling looks like a lot of fun. That probably doesn't hurt your ankle at all, unless you're really cranking on the gas, um, which also sounds like fun. Anywho, where was I? Um, So my ankle's been giving me some issues since the AT, which we did back in uh, 2016. Um, I had actually tripped on a ballpoint pen in my apartment and folded right over on it uh, maybe about three months before we were leaving for our trip. Um, I did a lot of exercise with it, uh, you know, doing the alphabet and uh, rolling it out and doing all the things that you do for an ankle injury. And I thought it was in pretty good shape before we started our trip. I uh, had my last day at the uh, job I was working uh, and turned in my keys turned in my uniform, walked out the front door on the way to uh, my going away happy hour, turned back for one last look at the building and uh, tripped over a cobblestone and folded it right over again. This was about two days before we were catching our ride up to Maine. Um, And after that happened, I had a number of problems with it. Um, I rolled it again on my way down Katahdin. 
by the time we'd got to Vermont, uh, you know, it had started feeling a little bit better. And then we did a slack pack, which by the way, slack packs are bad luck, or at least they always have been for me. And, uh, after doing a 20 mile day and, uh, a very short amount of time, I, I honestly don't remember how long, uh, I went to bed, uh, just fine and uh, woke up the next day unable to walk. Ended up taking a few days off and uh, had a much slower pace for the next few weeks uh, before I got used to it again. Uh, on the Continental Divide Trail, I have um, had some ongoing pain, nothing too serious. It's gone from ankle pains into shin splints into pain in the Achilles, all on my left foot. Um, and uh, it had started feeling a lot better up until recently uh, when we had definitely, and by we, I mean uh, me and Woodchuck, my hiking partner, uh, had our hardest day on this trail. And I'd say probably the hardest day of hiking I've ever done, which was doing um, Gray's Peak, Tory's Peak, which are two 14ers, uh, uh, peaks over 14,000 feet. Uh, we then went the wrong way down Gray's had to go back up again. So I'm going to say we summoned that one twice and uh, uh, continued on to do an alternate called the Argentine or Argentine Spine, uh, which had over 8,000 feet of elevation gain. And I think about 7,000 feet or a little more than 7,000 of descent. Uh, so it was, it was hard. Um, by the time we finished that, um, my ankle went from feeling the best it had in a while on trail, starting to hurt again. Um, we had about six or seven more miles before we could get to a water source. And by the end of the day, it was just screaming in pain. Now I'm here in Leadville taking a zero uh, because of that pain. And it's feeling a little bit better, but uh, I'm a little bummed out that I didn't listen to it earlier in the day that day and decided I would continue hiking, which brings me to uh, a couple strategies for pain management that you find on these long trails, which is one, listen to your body. If you start to hurt, sit down and take breaks. Maybe reduce your mileage, maybe reduce it by a lot. Maybe start taking more days off or try stretching. That is not usually what people do on the trail. The people who do that, they're the smart ones. I feel like what generally happens is your body starts to hurt and the best thing uh, to do in the moment is to pop some ibuprofen and beat it into submission, which is probably not a great idea, but what a lot of people do and what I have done is take the uh, kind of walk it off approach, which is most likely why I'm now taking a zero. Um, at the very least, Leadville is a great place to take a zero. Nice pizza place, good Mexican food, um, strong margaritas. All these things help with a uh, body recovery. Maybe, I think. Uh, probably not. I'm not a doctor. Don't listen to me. But anyway. My advice to someone in the future is definitely uh, go ahead and do your permits in advance. Make sure you give yourself a warm up, even if you've done a through hike before. Uh, we started the PCT, which we did the year after the AT doing 20 mile days and had no problems. And that probably led to uh, a little bolstering and confidence that might not have been totally deserved. And uh, when we went ahead and signed and paid for those permits in Glacier, we were like, oh, okay, we have a couple long days, but we'll be fine. Um, but fresh off the couch, uh, you know, you don't want to put yourself behind right at the beginning of your hike. Uh, and that goes for a long hike, like the one of the uh, Triple Crown trails or something shorter, or even, you know, uh, getting out for a long weekend um but anyway that's all i've got to say about that um wish me luck tell anki to start feeling better uh because it's really bumming me out right now but we're gonna keep hiking tomorrow and uh, uh i'm hoping that like in the past it will kind of just get better with time we'll uh go a little bit slower i'll keep eating uh 
ibuprofen and uh, hope for the best. Um, but that's all I have for now. That's Rooster uh, coming to you from Colorado. Uh, all right, bye. Hey everyone, this is Link checking in from the Continental Divide Trail. It is day 73 for me and I'm currently on top of a mountain called Parkview Mountain and Smiles and I are in the shelter that we're grateful that exists up here because there is a thunderstorm happening outside. Not the best place to be, but thankful for a shelter. Anyways, today I'm supposed to talk about the physical side of a through hike. And yeah, it's day 73 on the Continental Divide Trail for me. But overall, this year it's, uh, you know, day 185 of, of walking. And I don't know, maybe a good place to start is just in general across all 185 days, Smiles and I have averaged around 21 miles a day, including zero days and short days into town and that kind of stuff. Um, so in general, we walk 20 to 25 miles a day on a full day of hiking. And if we're feeling good, we go a little bit further, you know, 25 or 30 miles. But in general, you know, the physical side of the hike was one of the sides that we were both really interested in. And I'm, I was really interested in seeing what would happen, you know, what, what's going to happen to my body? How am I going to feel after, you know, right about now we're getting close to 4,000 miles, um, in for the, for the year. And I mean, I can say the, that my body's kind of done this like ebb and flow, like started off feeling pretty good and middle of the AT, I feel like we were hitting the stride, you know, I was, wasn't waking up too sore every morning. Um, feet were still kind of hurting on and off. And then as we got more north and hit, you know, a little bit more challenging terrain in the White Mountains in Vermont, New Hampshire, um, I would say I, would, I was waking up a little bit more sore and our, our days were a little bit shorter. Um, and then we ended up taking two weeks off in between the AT and the CDT. And, you know, it's really interesting what happens when you take time off with your body is it's almost it feels like your body goes into some kind of healing mode. And because when we started back up again in Glacier on July 2nd, the first week, five, seven days were just so painful. It was almost like we were breaking our bodies back in again on a different through hike. Um, and since then, you know, it's been pretty standard for if we take more than one rest day, like full zero day, our bodies tend to have a really hard time getting back in to the hike. Um, but overall, I think my body is sore most days and, you know, I feel just fatigued most days, just really just tired. I mean, most nights I have no trouble falling asleep and most mornings it feels kind of hard to wake up. Um, but yeah, I think that's just part of this long trail experience for us in general, I would say my body's kind of maintained. I wouldn't say it gets worse or better. I would say it just kind of like is about the same most every day. In and in general, I try to do some stretching every evening, some stretching in the middle of the day. Um, and that helps me wake up feeling a little bit more refreshed. Um, thankfully, we haven't depended too much on ibuprofen or painkillers to get us through the day. And thankfully, we haven't really had too many injuries or almost like no injuries, um, no rolled ankles or anything like that. Just normal, basic things like my knees hurt from walking downhill or my backpack is really feels really heavy right now and my shoulders hurt. Um, yeah, and just kind of this like general fatigue and soreness is what, you know, I feel most every single day. And the last question I have here is what advice would you give to someone planning a through hike next year or just planning a through hike, through hike in general regarding, you know, the physical preparation. And it's hard, you know, it's, it's hard to come into a long hike feeling like you're ready to go. The only every, everything that everyone else has told me is like, you just need to get out there and start hiking and your body will adapt to what it needs to do. Um, and, you know, take it slow, start slow and build up to the bigger miles if that's something that you want to do. But in general, for us, 
that's how it felt is just, you know, sore at the beginning, kind of hit a stride in the middle of the AT, tough transition to the CDT. And now it just feels like we're just maintaining this like fatigue, soreness each day um, and just making it through. And if you're interested in doing a hike, I would say like, make sure to walk around with your backpack on before you start the hike. That's going to help you a lot. And, you know, like, like you, like we see around do what they call the shakedown hikes and make sure, you know, you like the way your pack feels, you like the way your body feels, you know, it's really just about noticing out here, noticing the way your body is moving and feeling and like, does your knee hurt? Does your ankle hurt? Is your, do your feet hurt? And that's been a big learning, just noticing what's going on and making changes off of that. But yeah, the physical side, it's a, it's a time out here and I'm thankful that I haven't had any injuries and I'm not totally emaciated as far as like skinniness and weight loss. I feel like I've been able to maintain that really well, but thanks for uh, tuning in and I'll talk to you next time. Bye. And that's it for today's show. In the next episode, we will learn all about our hikers on trail nutrition and their dietary approaches. If you're enjoying the show, we would be immensely grateful for your review on Apple Podcasts. This goes a long ways to helping to get the word out about trail correspondence. The best way to ensure you don't miss future episodes is to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and or all the other usual suspects. Thank you again to today's title sponsor, Bedrock Sandals. If you're looking to break into the world of minimalist hiking sandals, you are not gonna find a better quality pair than from our pals at Bedrock. Head to bedrocksandals.com to get your pair today. This season's episodes are edited by our guy, David Zitney, who can be found at Audio on Instagram. That's it for today's show. Until next time, thanks for listening and happy hiking.